the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plumb Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and on the broadcast today, I'll continue my visit with Dr. Corey Miller and Ross Anderson as we talk about reaching Mormons with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stick around for a great broadcast, and you can reach me anytime at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm excited to be a part of part two here on the subject of Mormonism from a biblical worldview, and even more specifically, engaging with a Mormon from a biblical perspective and doing it in a manner that will be effective. And our guests, my guests, have had the opportunity to do that a number of times. They both come from a Mormon background themselves, and they have this book that is addressing this very fact, responding to the Mormon missionary message, Confident Conversations with Mormon Missionaries and Other Latter-day Saints. And so I think probably all of us, and who knows, maybe we have some Mormons who are tuning into the broadcast, but all of us have had some opportunities with neighbors or friends, acquaintances that we've run into that come from a Mormon background. We want to know how to get the true gospel of Jesus Christ to them so that they have the opportunity for the veil to be removed. And as I say that, I had pulled up some of the scriptures here. We could actually spend some time probably, if we had the time here in Second Corinthians uh, in particular, because there's a lot there, and maybe I'll kind of start there before I get into this Mormon testimony. There's a lot there in Second Corinthians especially. I'm just going to mention a couple of verses where it talks about the fact that there is this veil that covers the eyes and the minds of those who don't know Jesus Christ, and that's how I've always kind of pictured, whether it's Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or anyone who is held in captivity or in deception with the teaching that they have received and believed. 
And we're told in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, for example, in their case, the God of this world, that being Satan, of course, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. With this subject we're talking about here, and I don't know which one of you would like to comment on that, but that's just a a really good verse to understand and apply to what we're talking about, isn't it? It really applies to every kind of witnessing situation with someone who doesn't know Jesus. But the LDS people, Mormons, are blinded in their own particular ways, blinded by Satan that's taking control of their culture. And I think one of the ways that he's blinded them is this sense of how do you know what's true? And that really, Corey has addressed that incredibly well in his chapter on Mormon testimony. They're blinded from rational, objective, biblical truth by this idea of an internal personal experience. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you for leading me right into that there, Ross. Dr. Corey Miller is my other guest here, and Dr. Miller and Ross Anderson, the two guests, they've written this book. And so, Dr. Miller, let's go ahead and pick up where we left off in the first edition. I should mention, too, if if you missed the first broadcast on this subject, you can check it out at places where you go for podcasts. Go to Spotify, for example, put in the plumb line with Jay Rudolph, and just look up Mormonism. There have been a couple of different shows, but this particular one, uh, you'll find it there and can listen to it if you missed any of it there. So, Uh, We had left off, though, talking about this Mormon testimony, which is something that uh, a lot of us have heard. I'm sure my son in particular has heard this as he's had the opportunity to reach out and have a number of dialogues with a couple of Mormon missionaries in, in my area. And it is basically where they say that what they've been taught is the truth, and they're not going to (laughs) change. They'll make statements like, I bear you my testimony. I know Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. I know the Book of Mormon is the Word of God. And I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one true church, exclamation point is the way you write it in the book. And when you hear that or statements made like that, it becomes kind of disconcerting when you're trying to start off a conversation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. This deals with the issue that's crux to the issue in our dialogue, and that is how the Mormon knows religious truth. And it's not just by the prophets and the scriptures, but it is pressed hardcore, even from the first missionary discussion that they have in your home. They're wanting you to pray over the Book of Mormon to see if it is true, and if the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one true church, and if Joseph Smith was a genuine prophet. That prayer that they're praying based on the last chapter of the last book of the Book of Mormon is very similar to the encounter that their first vision has of their leading prophet, Joseph Smith, when he was accosted by the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Congregationists, and they all wanted him to join their church, and he was so confused. And the Mormon missionary says, and our Heavenly Father's not a God of confusion, so what did he do? Well, he prayed, based on James 1.5 and this interpretation of it, I'll say, that if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give it. And so Joseph asked, which church is true? And he went into the grove to pray, and there, Heavenly Father and Jesus appeared to him and told him that they're restoring this. And this is already getting into the first missionary discussion, but that illustration is what the average Mormon is supposed to do. They're supposed to pray to receive this testimony. Mormons are taught to seek a testimony, to keep a testimony, to maintain a testimony, to deploy testimony often. In fact, if you're not giving your testimony at testimony meetings, you could be failing to increase merit in heaven as well. So the testimony is is a very central part of the Mormon psychology. 
the Christian looks at it and thinks, you know, that's problematic. It's so subjective. It's feelings oriented. Uh, but the problem, Jay, is not that testimony is subjective. It is. But that it is sometimes merely subjective, as in the LDS case, because the Christian bears testimony as well. We should bear testimony, and Scripture talks about testimony, and testimony is a legitimate form of knowledge. The problem here is that the Mormon, and this is what we try to do in the book, is we try to get them to put themselves or put our situation in a similar case like Joseph Smith was in, when there were so many competing sects. The reality is, Jay, there are over 400 different splinter groups or schisms since Joseph Smith died, and there are many that exist today that have their own prophets and apostles. And so you line it up like a police lineup illustration, and you're trying to figure out which one is the right one behind the glass. And the Salt Lake Mormon is there asking you to bear testimony eventually that the church is true, which means his church. But what about the Mormon church in Missouri? What about the one in Mexico? What about Canada? What about all the different polygamous groups in in Utah and so forth? What if I were accosted by one of each of those missionaries, and I prayed the Book of Mormon, Moroni 10, for prayer, and the answer is that their church is true. Well, no, it's his church. Well, no, her church. Well, no, their church over there. What that shows is that all of those Mormons contradict each other, and at best, only one is true. Maybe they're all wrong. Bottom line is that you can't trust, if you're trying to demonstrate truth, in a personal subjective testimony like that, you've got to be able to align it also with objective testimony. Now, you can know something is true, but in order to show it true, you've got to be able to show it publicly. And in this way, our objective testimony is the Bible. It's nature, it's science, it's history, it's ethics, things like that. And so we bear testimony as well, and we want to be as tenacious in bearing testimony as the Mormon does, because that suits the Mormon language of feeling and emotion. But we want it to be rooted in Scripture. And the problem with Mormonism is that it's just not. Mm-hmm. Rooted more in experience than it is in uh, the Scripture, huh? An experience that contradicts Scripture, because mm-hmm. we can have experience too, and I have, and maybe you have, all these Christians listening have. We don't want to demure our experience. Knowing God is the purpose of life, Jesus said in John 17. So we don't want to demure that, but we want to show that personal testimony can be and ought to be when we're trying to show the truth of something aligned with objective testimony, and that's where Scripture comes in. Does my personal testimony line up with what Scripture teaches? Let's go this direction a little bit here in that, so say we're, let's just take a picture here of someone tuning into this broadcast, a Christian who really has not had the opportunity to speak with a Mormon before, but has that desire, as hopefully we all do in their heart, to share Jesus Christ with someone who's a Mormon, maybe a Mormon just moved into the neighborhood or something like that. Even, you know, kind of thinking through this, where do I start? How do I go about this? It's probably not all that much different from sharing Christ with anyone else on on one hand, but on the other hand, it is. So tell us a little bit about how do we get started even. The book does talk about the missionaries, and that's easy to get started with them because they're kind of probably going to knock on the door and, you know, ask you to invite them in. But really, it does go beyond the missionaries to really talking to any active Latter-day Saints. Look, it makes sense to start with two things. Number one is some attitude adjustments. Many Christians have a sort of a negative view of Mormonism. 
they have a negative view of what it means to have a conversation and they want to come in with flamethrowers and really kind of blow somebody away with doctrine. And one of the things we're trying to model in the book is that we treat Latter-day Saints with grace. We interact with them with gentleness and respect, as First Peter chapter 3 says. And so part of that attitude then, and then it, that flows into action. So what I'm telling people is, look, you have to be willing to enter a relationship. You have to be willing to let them into your life and to enter their life. Find common ground, maybe parenting or hobbies or crafts or sports or whatever that common ground might be, and then be willing to actually treat them as a individual person. I'm not treating the Latter-day Saint person in my neighborhood as some kind of an image or icon of Mormonism. They're going to have their unique experience of it. They're going to have their unique beliefs within boundaries. They're going to have some unique perspectives. So I want to find out how do I engage and interact with that person. Now, Latter-day Saints typically are very easy to talk to about spiritual things because they want to convert us, and it's part of their life. And so having a conversation, once I've established some trust and some credibility with them in normal relational ways of life, then becomes a pretty easy thing. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking through, and by the way, for the listener tuning in here, there's a book called Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message, mormonmissionarymessage.com. Did I say that website correctly here? Yes. com is where you can find the book and more information here. And I'm just looking through that, and I found this do's and don'ts section, which I Mm -hmm. thought is just fantastic. So go to that website that I just mentioned and pick up a copy. That will help uh, immensely because you can really shut down the conversation pretty quickly or any opportunity to help them Mm -hmm. get to the truth about Jesus Christ by doing the don'ts that are here, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah, and so let's just kind of look at some of these here and the do's and don'ts section of this. And there's probably a number of parts of the book that would address this. But starting off with some of the things that you mentioned, Ross, that we we want to kind of look at this as we would with any other person in that we're coming in a spirit of love and grace. We want to hear what they have to say. We're not here to just, you know, on our own agenda to basically get out our information and we don't care, you know, anything they have to say. Obviously, that's going to fail in any missions opportunity. But there are some other specific things here that we don't want to do. And you, you mentioned, do they kind of invite you to pray with them? Because it says here, do not pray for them in the spirit of the Zoramites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they're going to ask you early on, beginning with the first missionary discussion and everyone to follow, to pray with them, to pray on your own, ultimately, but to pray in agreement with them about whether or not the Book of Mormon is true. So you read it, you ponder, and you pray about it. And the expectation is, If you pray with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it to you by the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to happen. And so they're going to try to encourage you over and over and over again, because by missionary lesson number two or three, they're going to be asking for a baptism date. Mm, Sure. Well, my guests here are Ross Anderson, teaching pastor of Alpine Church in the Salt Lake City area, and Dr. Corey Miller, 
president and CEO of Ratio Christi. We are discussing Mormonism from a biblical worldview and particularly how to engage with those Mormons that you may know. And if you don't really know any, well, it's a good time to reach out to some. You certainly have a Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints somewhere in your geographical area because there are a lot of them around still today. And in fact, the uh, faith is growing a lot, the Mormon faith. And so maybe we can mention that when we come back from the break here. It's called Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message. That's the title of the book that we're discussing. MormonMissionaryMessage.com is where you can get more information about that. And you can reach me and share any thoughts or comments. Maybe you have a question about the broadcast. I'll probably have to pass that along to one of my guests here. But uh, you can reach out at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. Radio at gmail.com. Love to have you touch base with me and stay tuned. We've got more to come. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. You're tuned in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, my guests are Dr. Corey Miller and Ross Anderson. And we're talking about their book, which deals with helping people engage with Mormons and bring the true gospel of Jesus Christ to those Mormons that you may encounter, maybe even Mormon missionaries that may show up on the doorstep of your house. The book is called Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message. And in case I forget at the end, let me mention again the website, mormonmissionarymessage.com. But I'd encourage you to look there and pick up a copy of this book. In fact, we're going to wrap up the show in just a moment here by sharing about how important it is to have the testimonies that come from those who came out of Mormonism uh, that you can read in this book. But Corey, Share with us a little bit about how we as followers of Jesus Christ can really convey this true gospel message in an effective manner and share who Jesus truly is. After going through a set of passages with them that they will probably direct you through, they see their purpose as helping people to receive the restored gospel through faith in Christ and its atonement, baptism, repentance, and all these other things. After they bring up all these other things, it becomes evident that it's quite mission impossible. Asking them, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, you'd spend eternity in heaven with Heavenly Father? They can't ever say yes. And this is where we get into the point where we deploy our testimony. We've listened to them graciously, respectfully for a number of different meetings. And now we say, can I now share with you what I think the Bible teaches about the true gospel? We have this notion that a theologian once said that Jesus paid the debt he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. And Jesus is enough. Jesus is sufficient. And so I take them to this passage in 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, where it talks about testimony half a dozen times. And I read it with them aloud. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which is given about his son. 
Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. Here it is. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son right now has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. I write this things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. And Elder, I tell you that I know I have eternal life. I know God, and I know I'll spend eternity with Heavenly Father when I die because Jesus is enough. And you can know that too. But your testimony doesn't line up with what this says. It makes him a liar, et cetera, et cetera. And so I go down that path with them. I bear testimony. I give the gospel, and I challenge them that their subjective testimony does not line up with my testimony, but more importantly, with the testimony of Scripture about Jesus and what he did. Hmm. Well, Corey, just uh, sharing that here with us, and maybe there's someone tuning in right now who just wanted to hear what we had to say about Mormonism and has been a Mormon or still is a Mormon, and you heard that, and this is something that is a little foreign to you. I encourage you to reach out, and normally I give my email address and say reach out to me, but if you're a Mormon, I'm not an expert at this like my two guests are, so go ahead and reach out to me. I'll probably point you their direction because they can answer the specific questions you have better than me, to be honest here, and I'm just in this stage of getting better at doing this. Uh, They're the experts. So my guests, Dr. Corey Miller and Ross Anderson, and I will certainly share some contact information if you reach out to me. But the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's no more important step that we can take here, and that's why I make it a focus on the plumb line to make sure that we get the gospel out there on the broadcast. And so if this is something that's uh, all new to you, you don't know Jesus Christ and have a personal relationship with him, I encourage you to reach out at this email address, Radio at gmail.com, Radio at gmail.com. I'll get you connected one way or another with some resources or people who can help you out and point you to faith in the true Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless Savior, the Son of God, who died in your place and in my place and took our sins upon himself. Well, from there, let me uh, move to some more help for those who are already followers of Christ and want to be able to have this uh, conversation with someone that they love and, and that they want to lead to faith in Christ themselves. And again, the book's called Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message. Ross, can you kind of tell us uh, why this is uh, really a good book and an effective tool for someone to have? Right, for sure. Thank you. I mean, we wrote this for three reasons. The first reason, there's some people who out there, Christians, who want to know comparative doctrine, religion, beliefs, and so forth. That's the lowest reason. They can pick up this book and really understand more about that. The second reason, and a more important reason in my mind, is so many Mormons are preying on Christianity, and so many people who convert to Mormonism come out of at least a nominal Christian background. They know the language, the lingo, and so they're they're sucked in by Mormonism. So we wrote this book to kind of create a barrier from that to happen so that people are equipped to resist the Mormon missionary message. But most importantly is that we feel like if people can share their faith, not avoid the missionary, not vilify them or mock them, but engage in faith conversation and and gospel witness with them, that has a huge strategic effect that a number, you know, if, if you cut off the source, 
then the stream will dry up uh, down the line. If Mormon missionaries are removed from their activity by coming to faith in Christ, then that's more people who will be spared from their message and less people who will follow them, and it becomes a, a bigger win in the kingdom to address a missionary problem with the missionaries themselves. But we think about those individuals, and we want to make sure that in the book, that's why we called on six former Mormons who were missionaries for the Mormon Church, who have subsequently come to faith in Jesus over the years, and they're the experts. They know what it's all about. They know what the message is, and now they can give us authoritative insight into what the missionaries will be saying to you and I. And the great thing about that is it's not only just the information aspect of it, but each one of those individuals, as they tell their story, it gives us encouragement that God can work. God can use my witness and my interaction with those missionaries for some greater purpose. It could be a stepping stone to their coming to faith in Christ. As each of them tells their story of coming to faith, it's heartwarming, it's encouraging, so we have great content, and we have also great stories to go together that will help Christians say, yes, God can do this, he can do it through me. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. And I've been following along kind of through the book as I've been talking to my guests here, and I see, too, that there is an excellent section where some of the common rebuttals that a Mormon missionary or a Mormon in general will bring up and how we can address those from a biblical perspective and an effective perspective. So it's just a great resource to help you as you prepare to engage with the Mormons that you may have as neighbors or friends and people that you love that are trapped in deception at this point like we all were. We've all, you know, been deceived at one time or another. You know, you're not born a Christian. You're born a sinner, and you come to faith in Christ. For some people, it's after a lot of time spent in deception and lies. And so uh, as we think about that, we realize that these are people who are just like us and just still have a veil covering their eyes and their minds from seeing and understanding the truth yet. And so thank you so much to my guests, uh, Dr. Corey Miller, Pastor Ross Anderson. Thanks for being on with me today, guys. Thank Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah, and I hope we can have you back again and talk uh, in even more detail about this. So we had a two-part series here on the Plumb Line discussing Mormonism from a biblical worldview, but, boy, we could easily do a full week on this discussion here. And, in fact, I have had another edition on this very same subject that you can find when you go places where you go for podcasts. Just go to Spotify, for example, put in the Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph, and you can look up the shows that we've had on Mormonism and listen not only back to this series here, but an hour-long edition about this subject as well. So check it out on Spotify and other places where you go for podcasts. And you can reach me anytime at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.